Here's a question for you. Consider these famous works by some notable artists. The song Yesterday by the Beatles. Salvador Dali's painting The Persistence of Memory. The blockbuster film Inception by director Christopher Nolan. The poetry of Edgar Allan Poe. And what do you suppose all these iconic works have in common? Well, in each case, the idea for each of these masterpieces came to the artist in a dream. For the songwriter, the painter, the director, and the author, they each received the idea for their creation while dreaming. Also consider the numerous instances of biblical figures who received divine instruction or inspiration in the middle of their dreams. Jacob, Daniel, Ezekiel, Peter, John, and others. It'd be appropriate to ask this question, a question that is fitting as we near the end to our worship series, The Art of Hearing God's Voice. Does God speak to us through our dreams? When we dream something, to what degree is it that God is speaking to us? And how can we be sure? Does God speak to us today in our dreams just as God spoke to sleeping people in the Bible. It certainly seems to be the case in our gospel reading this week in which Joseph, the father of Jesus, was warned in a dream by God not to go back to Nazareth to avoid the wrath of Herod who sought to kill Jesus. That was a message that clearly came to Joseph by God in a dream. So does God speak to us in that way today? Edgar Allan Poe was pretty clear in his own mind about the answer. This is what he said, quote, that dreams, or as they were then generally called visions, were a means of supernatural instruction, and if we believe the Bible at all, is proved by Jacob's dream, the several visions of Ezekiel and other prophets, as also of later date the revelations to St. John, and there appears no reason, he says, why this mode of divine communication should be discontinued in the present day. So what if Edgar Allan Poe is right? Now, to be clear, I'm not going to take some esoteric perspective on this question with astrology or New Age spirituality, nor am I interested in helping you interpret what your specific dreams mean for you. I'm reminded of the story of one Valentine's Day morning when a woman woke up and said to her husband, Honey, I just had the most amazing dream. I wonder what it means. I dreamt that you gave me a diamond necklace later today as a Valentine's Day gift, she said, winking. What do you think that dream means, honey, on Valentine's Day? Wink, wink. The husband smiled and said, knowingly, Ah, I think you'll know tonight. Sure enough, later that night over Valentine's Day dinner, the husband handed his wife a gift, and she opened it, and it was a book titled The Meaning of Dreams. So rather than try to interpret what your particular dream might mean, here's some insight into why we dream and what God might be saying to you. A few years ago, the Journal of Neuroscience published a study by the University of Rome that concluded that dreaming is the brain's way of dealing with unresolved emotional attachment to certain memories from our past. In other words, you and I have had things happen to us that have 
strong emotions attached to them. Sometimes it's worry and anxiety related to trauma. Sometimes it's grief related to loss. Sometimes it's longing or anger or bitterness related to a broken relationship. Now, when we've been unable to find a healthy way to address those heavy emotions, like talking to a friend or a therapist, or finding resolution with the other person in that relationship, then those unresolved emotions might surface in our dreams. Why? Well, the study suggests that over the course of human evolution, dreaming developed as a survival mechanism. It's our brain's way of sorting through the unresolved emotional strain and thereby releasing us from the potentially hazardous side effects of repressing those emotions, such as heart trouble or high blood pressure and other physiological stresses. So that might be one way that God is speaking to you through certain dreams. What heavy emotions are you carrying? from which God wants you to find a healthy release? What will you do to process and release those feelings rather than bottle them up? Jesus said that we should release our burdens to him because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Dreaming might be one indicator of what exactly those burdens are. Now, it's also possible that God wants to use our dreams to speak some new insight or nugget of inspiration or creativity to us. Harvard Medical School did a study in which a professor had her students focus on a problem to solve and then told them to go to sleep. And what they found was that it is possible to come up with novel solutions to those problems in their dreams. In fact, two-thirds of those participants had dreams that addressed that chosen problem. And in fact, a third actually woke up with solutions from those dreams. Here's some famous examples. Jack Nicholas had been laboring over his golf game when in the middle of a dream, he thought about a different way to hold his golf club. And then his swing improved after that. Billy Joel, Beethoven, and the Beatles all supposedly heard new melodies and new arrangements in their dreams, which they promptly used to inspire new music. The inventor of the sewing machine, Elias Howe, had struggled in 1884 to figure out how the needle could work in a machine for sewing. So in the dream, he found himself surrounded by indigenous people with spears that had a hole in the point. And when he woke up, he realized that a needle with a hole in the point would solve his problem. And then there's me. While I do not claim to be in the league with those famous people, I depend on the power of dreams myself to help do what I do every Sunday morning. In order to preach a sermon week after week, I have developed a writing routine that I stick to regularly. I have a deadline to have my sermon written by noon every Wednesday to film it for you all in the online service on Thursday mornings, and then get the manuscript to the roughly 15 staff and lay people who need my sermon by noon on Thursday. So every week, I follow the same routine. On Wednesdays, I'm up at 6.30 in the morning, out the door by seven to some local coffee shop or restaurant, 
And there I read through the scripture text and pray and ponder and read a few favorite sources for biblical insight and inspiration. Then I'm home by 8.30 a.m., spending the next 90 minutes just crunching things in my head. I've not yet written a single word on the screen, but I'm, I'm mentally gathering all the bits and pieces and angles and interpretations and possible directions that the sermon could go. And by 10 a.m., I'm exhausted, usually still searching for the one little hook, the, the key point, the, the pivot, the aha, the memorable thing that the rest of the sermon will be built around, and my brain is tired. So that's when, I'm unashamed to say, I take a nap right in the middle of a sermon writing. From 10 a.m. to roughly 10.20, 20 minutes, in his delightful short book on creativity, the great comedian John Cleese suggests that moments of inspiration, creativity, and wisdom can come only after we push the pause button on our conscious mind and let our subconscious do its work. Often it's only after our conscious mind has done all the noodling and mental crunching that we should let, we should let the true genius of our brain kick in. And for me, the best way to give my conscious mind a break as I'm writing a sermon is to take a quick nap. Earlier this year, Forbes magazine published an article about how the sweet spot for that kind of inspiration napping is right before you drift into light sleep and before you fall into deep sleep. In fact, Thomas Edison often took such naps in his chair holding marbles in his hand so that at the moment as he was just falling into light sleep, he would awaken to the sound of marbles hitting the floor. And that would often be the moment when his subconscious kicked in with just the right insight on whatever invention he was working on. So, when I wake up, after about 20 minutes of barely drifting off, most of the time, I have it. That little nugget of clarity comes to mind, and I believe it comes from God, and at that moment, I can finally begin to see the entire structure of the sermon. Main points, key stories, the opening 90 seconds, and most importantly, the transitions between them all. And it will usually then take me only about 75 minutes to write the sermon by my noon deadline. This is all to say that on Sundays, when I'm actually delivering a sermon live and I see someone falling asleep while I preach, I chuckle to myself that they are falling asleep to a sermon that I fell asleep writing. So can God speak to you in a dream? I think it's possible. Sometimes God can use dreams to help you name unresolved emotional hardship that you need to work through in a healthy way. Sometimes God can use dreams to give you inspiration and insight. And yes, God can sometimes speak to you a word of direction and guidance that you are seeking in your life. Of course, interpreting what that means requires discernment and companionship. Check your interpretation against a faithful reading of Scripture and the counsel of wise friends and the moral values and Christian teachings of the church. Check it against what your prayer life and your gut and your life experience might be saying to you. God speaks to us in a number of ways, often simultaneously, 
but never in contradiction with the other messages that God is sending. So whatever God is saying to you in your dreams will and can be verified in the other ways that God is speaking to you. I hope this worship series has been helpful to you. Next week, we draw it to a close with our Mission Celebration Sunday when we hear God's voice as a congregation to go and make disciples. Over these last several weeks, I hope that you have gained comfort and encouragement on the art of hearing God's voice to orient your heart toward obedience, to practice SOS, scripture, others, and silence, to take the next faithful step and not worry about the rest of the journey, to wait patiently for the Lord to renew your strength, and finally, to allow the Spirit to work in and through our subconscious. Speak to us in our dreams, just as God has done throughout history. So sweet dreams, friends. Let's pray. God, thank you for the many ways you speak to us and for the power of our minds to receive and process the wonders of the world and the wonder of your love. Open us to new understandings of how we can hear your voice, even through our dreams, that we might be part of your dream, your vision for the world. In Jesus' name, amen.